guilt-free holiday bliss. Is it even possible to feel guilt-free during the festive season? Let's go through some of the numbers. We have 38% stress levels increase over the holiday season, 38%. Five pounds of weight is typically gained and 45% of people would prefer to skip the holiday season altogether. Well, does it really sound like the most wonderful time of the year, does it? Is there a way to reduce all of this stress and the amount of weight that can be gained and the guilt associated with the holiday season? Yes, indeed. Today, I am going to share with you 10 guilt-free hacks to actually enjoy the holidays and preserve your wellness. Believe it or not, there are actually ways that you can indulge that won't leave you feeling so guilty, and they work. All right, so let's dive in today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a Mindset Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Lucadu. I believe strongly in wellness, and in 2024, I am going to be taking it to another level, which I will be talking about in about two weeks' time, because um, I'd like to unfold the journey that I'm going to go on in 2024 and how I'm going to be changing basically uh, everything on the inside of my body to make it super healthy. I believe in longevity. I believe that there are functions and tools and AI that we can use to keep our bodies healthy. However, let's just get through the Christmas holidays and New Year's, shall we? So let's begin. So number one, navigating the festive season with intention. And I know this sounds kind of obvious, like, you know, that we should be intentional about what we do. But what happens during the holiday season typically is, you know, we'll get caught up in conversation or we get caught up in watching movies on TV and we have a bowl of something in front of us or a plate of something and we eat without intention. So what I would love for you to do is here is how to actually we're not going to worry about portion. We're going to worry about the way that you are eating your meals during the holiday season. So the best way for your gut, your microbiome, your appetite, you have a plate of food in front of you. You're going to have vegetables and salad, protein, and a carb of some kind, probably. The way that you can avoid eating more calories is to actually start with the vegetables all the time. So you begin with your vegetables. Then once it's finished off of your plate, move on to the protein. And then once all of the protein's gone, then move over to your carbs. Rice, pasta, potatoes, bread, all of those things. The reason being is that you will feel full or satiated after you get in all the fiber from the vegetables and the salad, when you move to the protein, that protein will help to keep you full longer so that when you get to the carbs on the plate, you may actually already feel full. So 
that is one of the tricks that will help you um, just basically pace yourself, you know, especially um, Christmas Day, or maybe for you it's Christmas Eve, or maybe it's New Year's Eve, where there's so much wonderful food on that buffet. Just try spreading it out like that and what to eat first, then next, and then what follows. That may actually help with the way that you indulge. Let's go to number two, food as medicine. So although the holiday table can be this beautiful mix of nutrition, opt for dishes that are very rich in fiber, vitamins, antioxidants. So think like roasted vegetables, lean turkey meat, the white turkey meat, um, lean proteins, vibrant salads, before you reach for all of those other extras. If you are the one that is cooking chicken or chicken dinner, turkey dinner, um, healthier ingredients, less oil, um, longer cooking times, right? Roasting for a long period of time, throwing those vegetables in at the same time. Using a digital food scale will help you immensely especially if you know how much you want to intake of certain types of food, you can even start the week right now, the week of Christmas, the week before New Year's. If you start noticing how much food you are intake, you are intaking, you also know at what levels you get full. The other thing is to spread out meals. You don't necessarily have to have that huge meal all in one sitting. Um, it does help to spread it out because then your metabolism begins to speed up as you have smaller meals rather than these large ones. You know, I remember when I was living in Europe, before major holidays, there was a lot of fasting that would go on and people would fast for 40 days before the holiday. And so without a doubt, every year, particularly at Easter, there was this 40-day fasting. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was midnight and then they have, you know, a big bonfire and so on and uh, welcoming the Lord in. But what would happen is people would gorge on all this food at midnight. And then the emergency rooms in the hospital would be full at 4 a.m. because of the pain that people were going through. Because it's very difficult on your body when you do that, you know, to, to, be, to fast and then gorge. There has to be this uh, middle ground of what you can do for your body. So the more aware you are, the more intentional you become with your food and the way that you eat it, how you eat it, the choices that you make, it is amazing what will happen. You can still enjoy your holiday without feeling guilty about what's just happened. So let's keep moving on. A guilt-free eating approach. So balance. When I was talking about feeling present, do you know when you have reached your limit of fullness? And a lot of people who eat quickly 
they take in the food so fast that their mind hasn't yet registered that they've even eaten. So it would be a good idea if you just eat slower. Enjoy the conversation that you're having with people on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And if you happen to be alone, or maybe it's just you and a spouse or you and a child, whoever that is, just be really intentional about slowing down your eating. You know, chew on a piece of meat maybe a little longer than you normally would. And what you're going to notice is that you start to feel full faster simply because you actually slowed down to take more time to eat. Our fullness takes many minutes to catch up to our brain for what's in our stomach. So have that in mind. If you are diabetic or pre-diabetic, there are strategies to actually keep your blood sugar lower when you are indulging in large buffets and so on. So, for example, there are better choices that can be made. When you have, uh, so for example, when you are choosing your mains, right, you're going to choose your protein. Instead of you choosing white potatoes, choose sweet potato. Sweet potato actually decreases the blood sugar in your blood. So when you combine that with a protein, that's really good for you and with vegetables. How to avoid overindulgence during the holidays? Overindulgence. Okay. You can start, you know, like we said before, you're going to measure out your food. That's really important. But if you can have apps, for example, if you are hosting Christmas, you can actually use a planning app and you will know the fat content, the sugar content going into meals. I myself typically don't really add a lot of salt to my meals because I know that if I'm going to use a sauce, I know that sauce already contains a lot of sodium and I actually you most of the time sugar as well. If I'm going to use a cranberry sauce with the turkey, I know that cranberry sauce already has a lot of sugar. So knowing what the other ingredients contain when you cook can really help monitor the amount that you intake of sodium and sugar, for example. Um, a lot of people worry, you know, about using butter. However, butter can actually be a good fat for you as long as it's done in small micro doses. It is better. So now we'd look at, you know, pro let's talk about product options. Margarine butter. Actually, butter is better for you. Uh, when we look at low fat or um, basically low fat dairy, low fat mayonnaise, if you look at the ingredients, sodium and sugar is always higher in those. So you are better off purchasing the original recipe that doesn't have increased levels of sugar and sodium and all these things and simply just eat a smaller amount of it. So often the way that we are marketed to 
is, you know, this is half the fat, this is half the sugar. But what you have to understand in cooking and in the science behind cooking is that in order to achieve a certain recipe, in order to achieve a certain thickness of a sauce, something has to replace whatever they have removed. So if they're saying it's half the fat, then what was replaced with it? Was it palm oil? Was it some other type of oil that really isn't good for you? Same thing with sodium. If you removed half of the salt, did you increase the sugar content? Did you somehow replace sodium with something else? The more natural to the product, the better it is for you. The less ingredients, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but the less ingredients something has on its label, the better it is for you. And again, something I'm sure you know, but when you read the ingredients, the first ingredient is what that product contains the most of. And then as you read on, it's lesser and lesser amounts until you get to the very last. If the healthiest ingredient is one of the last ingredients, what you're eating is not good for you. So these are a few things to keep in mind. I started looking into a lot of this after my heart surgery because I had this overwhelming desire to repair the inside of my body, to repair my heart. How do I reverse heart disease? And so by diving in and understanding the difference between um, you know, milk and, and skim milk and whole milk, and what's the difference between the two and how do they affect us? And should we even be drinking cow milk at all? And beef, is all beef bad? Do we need some protein from beef? Uh, can it be replaced with chicken? Again, everything that I learned is everything should be done in measure, right? Small quantities of everything is fine for you. I am more healthy today than I've ever been. But that's because I'm more intentional about what I do, including around the holidays. So let's keep going. I've got quite a few more hacks for you. Holiday stress and mental well-being. So if 38% of people believe that they have higher stress levels during the holiday season, which really isn't all that surprising, um, you know, the, the idea of getting together with people that maybe you haven't spent a lot of time with all year, Maybe there are relatives or friends who annoy you and um, it's not always easy and you may not have the patience. Have you noticed as you get older, you have less, less patience with people and you're not sure if you really want to listen to all their stories again and again? Sometimes that's simply because your stress levels feel like they're so high that it is hard to have the capacity available to listen to other people. So let's try and fix that for you, shall we? Before going into a social situation where you feel like you may feel stressed out, take a moment and say to yourself, okay, so-and-so is probably going to talk about this again. And so-and-so is probably going to act like this again. Or so-and-so is probably going to drink more. You always have the choice of removing yourself from situations and sitting elsewhere, keeping busy in the kitchen, 
going outside for a walk wherever you are. Take back control because you always have control in every situation that you're in, including family situations. You also, you don't need to react to everything that's said to you. Let me give you an example. As a child growing up in Toronto, uh, I have a great aunt and um, she means very well. But every single Christmas, she would buy us Christmas presents that were probably on sale. And uh, I don't know if you remember, if you're in the Toronto area, there was a place called Honest Ed's and Byway. And, you know, it was it was it was very cheap product. Um, I don't know if we even have probably like dollar store quality back then. We didn't have dollar stores back then. So every Christmas, she would give me a present of clothing. And if the clothing, you know, and when you're a child, clothing goes by age. So the clothing she gave me was always for ages that were younger than me, which means it would be smaller. And so she would give it to me. I would open it. It wouldn't fit. And she would say, it's okay, Kathy. You're just going to lose weight. So, you know, this year after year, and at the first few times, I was a little upset. I thought, oh, my gosh. I mean, I wasn't an overweight child, but as the years went on, you know, I began to realize, you know, it's just the thought. It's fine. Um, if we could just not take things so personally, sometimes people just do what they do. It's who they are. And as long as it hasn't been done maliciously towards you, honestly, just let it go over your head. It's just, life is so short, it is not worth harping on. Now, if someone is going to be malicious and intentionally they're giving you something that they know would upset you, you don't have to sit there, right? You can remove yourself from the situation. And again, when you react, that's when your stress levels rise. Their stress levels aren't rising. And why would you do that to yourself and your body and your mind? Don't bother move on. Sometimes it's just not worth it. My two cents. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Let's move on. Staying physically active during the holidays. Super important. Super important. And it doesn't matter how cold the weather is or how warm the weather is wherever you are. Get up, move around. Your digestive system actually requires you to move around to di help digest better. So keeping physically fit and active does not mean having to go to the gym. It could simply mean if you feel overly satiated or overly full from a meal, walk around the house. Go for a walk outside. Maybe just help get up from the table and clean up. That movement helps the enzymes in your digestive system to start working. And what you're going to notice is rather than just sitting at the chair at the table and engaging in conversation, walk around, talk to different people. Um, but even just helping put things away, that host is really going to appreciate you, but it's also going to help you as you... Um, digest your food. Wondering how much you walk and how much you should be walking over the holidays 
I would suggest using an app. There are free apps on your phone, but that would mean you have to carry your phone with you all the time. I know on an iPhone, we have uh, the heart. It's a heart and it's the health app. It is always watching your steps. If you don't want to have your phone on you all the time, you can get a Fitbit. You can get the knockoffs of the Fitbit, which are super cheap now. Um, iWatch will also uh, transfer that data either on your phone or it'll transfer it to, sorry, on your watch or it'll transfer to your phone. But I always monitor my steps because every day, whether it's a holiday or not, because I work from home and I'm working at my computer a lot during the day, I want to make sure that I am getting in the exercise and movement that I need every single day. At the back of my mind, I am always concerned that I want my arteries to keep in flow. I want the blood moving in my body all the time. So I make sure that I am not sitting in one particular place for too long. I have notifications that come up on my watch every hour that tell me to stand up. Now, you may probably, you know, you you're going to think, well, why do you need anyone to tell you to stand up? It's simply a reminder while I'm deep in focus or work on my computer or I'm writing a blog or I'm re recording a podcast. It's a reminder to me to get up, to drink water, to do whatever I need to do. And if you can do that every hour of the day, these are some ways that we keep the internal part of our body running like a machine. Imagine if you parked a car in a garage and you never moved that car. I did it a few weeks ago. Guess what? The battery goes dead. Your body is no different. You need to keep it moving. You need to keep active. It also helps your psychology. Let's keep going. Mental wellness during the festive season. So it really is a whirlwind of emotions, isn't it? During the holidays, you know, we're excited. And just the idea from when we were children, it's Santa, it's presents and all these things. But for a lot of people, it's also very stressful financially. It is stressful in that there are timelines that we have to adhere to, right? Like dinner needs to be made by a certain time and we're hosting and whatever the case is. However, if you're an entrepreneur or a leader or there is still a business running, it can be challenging. It can be challenging when you are managing so many expectations. Maybe there are clients who do not celebrate the holidays because they are of another culture. So they still don't mind contacting you, sending an email and so on. So here's what I'd like to tell you. And this is over 26 years of being in business. I have had businesses since I was in my mid-20s when I had my own English language institute. Not only was I teaching during the day, but in the afternoons, evenings, and weekends, I also taught English uh, privately. And I had many students over those years. So I've done many different things. I've owned an indoor children's entertainment center, 6,000 square feet, where I catered parties. I've done many, many things. And all of these things that I chose to do, most of the time, did not just shut off at 5 p.m. They've almost always run over into holidays 
and into the evening or night. So here is what I had to learn to do is to create boundaries with clients, with people. Decide for yourself, is Christmas Day a day that is for you and your family? Then take it off. And if someone cannot understand that that is a sacred holiday for you, then they are not working, they're not worth working with. Honest to God, whether it is a colleague, whether it is a boss, whether it is a team member, a team leader, it is a client, it doesn't matter. Keep days sacred to you and your family. The other way to go about this is not only to have that boundary, but also to say when you will be getting back to them. So you set the boundary, but then you also set the expectation of when it is that you will be returning a phone call, returning an email, whatever that case is, because once you set that boundary and you set the expectation of when they can hear from you, what happens is their anxiety about whether they will hear from you goes away. Your anxiety about dealing with them and having to have these maybe sometimes unpleasant communication with them, that goes away. And everyone can now go on with their day. So often we avoid conflict, but what we do is we actually do the exact opposite from avoiding it. You can't ignore it because it's still there. That person still wants to talk to you. And now they're getting even more upset because they're not hearing from you. Rather than, what about being proactive? Two days before Christmas, send out an email. Thank you so much for all of your business. I'm going to be celebrating the next so many days with my family. I look forward to connecting back with you in 48 hours, in three days, whatever that looks like. When you set those expectations, life becomes easier. So that is a huge hack to relieve some of your anxiety over the holidays when it comes to your mind and your business. Disappointment. Disappointment can also be a, a huge weight of what causes some of that 38% of increase in stress. And why do I want to talk about disappointment? Because I think it's important. And why does disappointment happen in the holiday season? Well, let me give you another funny story, shall I? Okay. So I had been dating my husband. And we had only been dating for three months. But for some reason, well, not even some reason, let me tell you. All right, I'll give you the full scoop on this. We had been dating for three months. Month at the end of month two, um, I was actually, I had done laundry because we had kind of been staying back and forth at each other's apartments when I was living in, in Europe. And uh, I found his shirt, or not I found his shirt, I was washing his shirt and I found a receipt from a jewelry store for a ring. And I thought, oh my God, he's going to propose to me. So this is the end of month two of us dating, but we had been spending every waking moment together other than when we were at work. 
So I had convinced myself that he was going to propose to me on Christmas Eve for some reason. Like, how crazy is that? But I had convinced myself that he was going to propose to me on Christmas Eve and uh, it was going to be so romantic. And um, and then I would show up at his parents' house on Christmas Day and I'd have this ring on my finger and it was just going to be like a fairy tale. So guess what happened? Okay. Christmas Eve morning, I'm getting all dressed up because, you know, oh, today's going to be the day. Well, we go through the morning, nothing happens. We go through the afternoon, we're going around the shops, nothing's happening. That evening, I don't even remember what we did, but nothing happened. That night, I wouldn't speak to him. I was like, okay, good night. And he was like, well, what's wrong? I said, nothing. That's okay. Good night. And he was so confused. He's like, I don't even understand what's going on right now. Because I had created this scenario in my mind that didn't even exist of how and when he was going to propose to me, that is what created my disappointment. It wasn't the other person. He had no clue what I had created in my mind. So I want you to remember this silly story, but I will continue the story just so you know what happened. Um, but I do want you to remember, so this is where disappointment comes from. It is when we create the narrative in our minds of how things are going to be and how we expect them to be, but they may not actually happen like that. So here's what happened. Christmas Day, I'm still a little disappointed, maybe a lot. And we went over to his parents' house for breakfast, for opening the gifts. And we were just going to hang out there all day long and have lunch and then have Christmas dinner. So we're opening up the presents. Um, I think we went to church first and we were opening up the presents. So I open up my first present and it's from my husband or my fiance. And it says, um, oh, this isn't your present. Go look here. So he started me on this treasure hunt. So I go to the next place and open up the present. And like, nope, no present here. Go to the next place. And I'm like, what is he doing? Like, I don't even know his parents that well, right? I've known him for three months. And I'm going around their house now, opening up these gifts that keep telling me to go to the next place. So in the end, the last gift was in his sister's bedroom, which had been lit up with candles. And there he was kneeling on the floor and he proposed to me. So was it wonderful in the end? It was. But look what I put myself through for nothing. So if you feel bouts of disappointment, whether it's in people's behavior, whether it's in a gift, whether it's dinner didn't come out how you imagined it to be, whatever the case is, stop yourself and say no. I created a story in my mind that wasn't even true. I created this idealistic situation of how I wanted things to work out, but that's not how life goes. So my gift to you is to stop and say to yourself, it's okay. 
let's just flow. Let's just roll with it. However it, however it unravels, that's how it will be. Disappointment comes from trying to control a situation. So stop. Just let it happen. Okay. Let us move on to preparing for holiday indulgences. So guilt-free indulging. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to give you seven, let me see, how many are there? Seven, eight points that will help you enjoy, indulge, and not feel guilty about it. Let's go. Number one, stay hydrated. Hydration is essential for maintaining good health. The reason being, we know that our bodies uh, are mostly made up of water. We know that. However, water actually helps in digestion. It helps in your energy levels and in your brain performance. Have you ever felt, you know, like you're, you're so thirsty or you feel like your alertness, it kind of starts to go down. And it's not because of lack of sleep, which could also be the case, but we'll get there. Um, water actually will keep you alert all day long. I drink, and I'm, if those of you who are listening, I'm holding up this massive Yeti container, which holds 40 ounces of water. So I drink this 40 ounces of water, but I drink about six of these a day. So close to three liters of water a day. Uh, in the summer, it's probably even a little bit more because I have found that I don't really yawn anymore in the afternoons. As long as I keep my body hydrated, I don't even get that hungry during the day. I eat my meals, but snacking, snacking is a rarity anymore simply because most of the time when you think you're hungry, it's actually water that your body needs. So number two, balanced nutrition. So we know that there are going to be holiday treats. There's going to be cakes and so many cookies and chocolate and all these wonderful things. But as long as you can balance that with vegetables and protein and healthy fats, that is where these indulgences will not affect your body as much as if you were to only indulge in those, get full from them, and then not eat that balanced diet. Sometimes people have the idea that if I just eat nothing uh, for breakfast and lunch on Christmas Day, for example, then I've saved up all my calories for the evening it actually doesn't work like that. You actually want to eat protein, vegetables, and fruit all day long. Not carbs, but protein, vegetables, fruit, and water. So that it prepares your body to be able to handle the indulgence that you may eat later on in the day. Mindful eating. Practice mindful eating. Savor. You know, rather than just taking bites and, and just eating and trying to get through what's on your plate, actually stop. Can you taste the stuffing? Can you taste the cranberry sauce? Can you taste 
whatever it is that's on that plate that's delicious, but actually feel the flavor of it. The more time you take to taste your food, you are actually giving your body and your mind time to digest it and allow yourself to actually feel like you're eating the food. So now let's go to post-holiday recovery because it's not always about the holidays. It's about what happens after the holidays. So detoxifying foods. This is really going to help you now, let's say Boxing Day and so on, before you get to New Year's and you know you want to indulge again. How about a week where you really pamper your body with good food? So detoxifying foods in your diet, such as dark leafy greens, right? Lettuce, spinach, kale, all of these things. Fruit, dark fruits, blueberries, blackberries, um, grapes, not so much. They have a lot of acid, but mostly blueberries, blackberries, and fermented foods. So if you like sauerkraut, if you like... Um, Um, oh, kombucha, kombucha, however you pronounce it. Having these things help with the digestive system and get your enzymes going again. They also help you from recovering from excess sugar and alcohol because you have to replenish what you have just removed from your body. So probiotics excellent to take for your microbiome which is your gut system regular exercise make sure that you're going out every single day and you're getting in a nice walk whether that's 20 minutes or 30 minutes but make sure it's brisk maybe put some music on put this podcast on walk and listen my next podcast episode is going to be phenomenal first week of january it's a really good one let's keep going gentle reduction in alcohol intake so you know that you're going to be partaking in some delicious, possibly drinks or champagnes or whatever the case is. If you are, you need to gradually detoxify your body from them. So again, maybe not just water. You can go and buy tablets, which are hydration tablets. Put those in water, especially the next morning. Water on its own may not replenish everything that you've lost from an excess of drinking the night before. These tablets you can buy from probably almost any pharmacy or drugstore. They dissolve in water. They're not the vitamin C. They are actually hydration tablets. They will hydrate you and give you back some sodium and some other things, um, potassium, that you have lost by the excess drinking, and also the amount of sweets that you have consumed. Next is adequate sleep. So I don't know if you know this, but alcohol interrupts your sleep pattern. And you'll find that a lot of the time you wake uh, every three, four hours if you've been drinking. And that's simply because your body is actually trying to metabolize um your liver is trying to filter what it has just consumed. So make sure that if you are not getting a good night's rest, that you're making maybe taking a nap, but make sure 
that in your 24 hours, you are getting the right amount of sleep for you. I'm not going to say that it's seven hours, it's eight hours, it's six hours, because it's going to be different. You know at what level of sleep you perform your best. I know for myself, it's between seven and eight hours, and then I'm like an energizer bunny. Less than seven, I'm good, but I'll need to catch up over the next evening. So just make sure that you are aware and intentionally trying to get that sleep that your body needs. Continue to drink lots of water because it will regulate your body temperature. It will keep your joints lubricated. Sometimes if you are drinking and eating too much sugar, you're going to feel your body is a little more achy than normal. Um, drink water. Water and the hydration tablets, and that will start to go back to normal. And finally, if you have been working a lot over the last year, sometimes it's really hard to take some downtime for yourself without feeling guilty. So I have another podcast about that. And I also have a blog on my site, katherinelukeducoaching.com, called Five Transformative Shifts for Overcoming Guilt and Embracing Rest in a Restless World. I think that is a blog worth you reading if you do have trouble um, just coming down off of that overwork vibe. Because I know that myself, there are times when I do find it difficult to just chill, like don't do anything. And I have to tell myself, Catherine, chill, relax. It's okay for you not to work today. It's okay for you not to be in front of your computer doing something. Go for a walk. Go see your chickens. You know, I, it, but all of this is intentional. So my point is, Nothing happens on its own. Everything is instigated by you. You have control over that beautiful body of yours and your mind and your spirit. The sooner you start to decide to take control of it, like you want to control everything else in the environment, take control of your reactions, take control of your health, your wellness, take control of yourself during the holidays, and you are going to find that you become a different person. If you have found these tips helpful, know that when I am coaching people in my coaching practice, this is all part of how I coach people. I don't believe in coaching is just business. I believe in holistic wellness, which means we need to work on your mindset. We need to work on your health. We need to work on your reactions because if we can create this one big, beautiful picture of you, that is how you reach your highest self, your best self. And that's why we're here to live our very best life. So if in 2024, you would like to get life under control, which is business, it's personal, it's health reach out to me because I have a program that's going to be starting in 2024, which is for a holistic way of living. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week. 
Don't forget to tune in first week of January. Phenomenal episode coming up. And I wish you and your families a really beautiful, blessed holiday. Um, just enjoy yourself. Life is short. There are so many of these Christmases that we get to experience. Experience all of it without the 38% increase in stress. Bye for now.